and welcome to the Hagiostos. My name is Bill Dykstra. Today is April 24th, 2019, and today we commemorate St. Elizabeth the Wonder Worker. There has been an interesting connection between the saints of the past three days. St. Theodore, who we began with, was visited by St. George the Great Martyr. Not that they were contemporaries in a strict sense, but George would appear to Theodore throughout his life in apparitions. St. George's feast day is on the following day. St. Elizabeth also has a particularly strong connection with the martyr George, both from her piety and through her acts. For St. Elizabeth, along with being called a wonder worker, is also known as Elizabeth the Dragon Slayer. Many of the stories that tell her life lack a definitive day of birth, yet we can likely place St. Elizabeth sometime in the mid-5th century. She was born to a wealthy family, and her birth was rather providential. Her parents were childless in their marriage for 16 years. That is until their many supplications were answered. We are told that her parents, Euphemia and Eunomianos, were virtuous and respected people. Her father had the title of Discipitus, a label reserved for librarians and judges. The city of Heracula hosted an annual celebration to the martyr Glyceria. The townspeople processed to a church dedicated to the Mother of God with the head of the martyr. In the church, they, they held the divine liturgy and evening services. Her parents remained afterwards and petitioned St. Glyceria for a child. Eventually, they fell asleep in the church, and Eunomianos, Elizabeth's father, had a dream where the martyr Glyceria spoke to him. She assured him, If you will promise me in truth to acquire in yourself a broken heart and a humbled spirit, and never to exalt yourself over your neighbors, then the most generous Lord will speedily grant you, through my intercession, a girl child, and you shall call her name Elizabeth, for she will be shown forth like the mother of the forerunner and Baptist John. They returned home, Euphemia conceived, and nine months later, Elizabeth was born. The couple returned to the church of St. Glyceria, and Eunomianos prostrated himself before the icon of St. Glyceria, sobbing in thanksgiving for his daughter. From the icon came a voice. The time has come, Eunomianos, to fulfill your vows to God. Her parents gave the young girl an education, and Elizabeth proved to be quite intelligent. By the time Elizabeth was 15, both her parents had died. She, had left a hefty, she was left a hefty fortune, but in the aims of monasticism gave everything she had to the poor. She sought out the monastery dedicated to St. George the Great Martyr. For the next two years of her life, she committed herself to prayer and fasting. During Lent, she would solely consume the Eucharist for her sustenance. She would go barefoot through the winter, and the only water she bathed herself with was from her own tears of repentance. Her father's sister, the mother superior of the community, died, naming Elizabeth as her successor. However, this is not where she would stay. Emperor Leo I had asked her to take over a monastery in Hebdomon. Elizabeth accepted the offer. However, 
Upon arriving to her new mission, she had learned that the people living there were constantly under the torment of an ancient dragon. Obviously, reading the people of the beast was her first prerogative. So she called upon the help of heaven, and with a cross in her hand, she marched to the serpent's lair. Upon her beckoning, the dragon emerged. St. Elizabeth reverently made the sign of the cross over the beast, then promptly spat on his head and stomped on him, quoting Psalm 90, I shall tread on the asp and the basilisk, and I shall trample on the lion and the dragon. The creature was dead. Her reputation preceded her, and she gained the love and support of the townspeople of Hebdomen. People began bringing her their sick. One such person was a wealthy man, yet none of his riches could buy him a doctor skilled enough to heal his hemorrhaging daughter. The man pleaded with Elizabeth to heal the girl and offered his entire fortune. Elizabeth would have none of it, but asked that he would rather love the poor and seek out humility in his life. She would then heal the girl if he accepted. He did. Elizabeth prayed, took St. George's oil, and anointed the girl. The young girl's healing would inspire a great many more women to seek out Elizabeth for the same ailments. Years later, Elizabeth perceived that her death was drawing near. She confided that she would like to see her place of birth again, so she arranged a trip to Heraclea. During her visit, she came to pray at the church, the same one where her parents once begged heaven for a child. In the church, a young woman approached her, welcomed her to the chapel, mentioning that she was present years earlier at this spot where her parents prayed. Furthermore, she said, And if you wish, come to my house, and I will tell you about it. She told her that she dwelt on the right side of the church of the holy martyr Romanos. With that, the woman vanished. Spellbound, Elizabeth made a beeline for the martyr shrine. There, where the young woman instructed, was an icon to St. Glyceria. From the icon, she heard the same voice her father did those many years ago. It told her that her life was soon ending, to return to her monastery, and she would depart this life after the Feast of St. George. Amazed at this, she embarked on her return trip. Upon arriving at the monastery and leading up to the Feast of St. George, Elizabeth would continue to counsel her sisters in the spiritual life. On the Feast of St. George, her community celebrated the Divine Liturgy, and upon receiving communion, she shone like the sun. The following day at the third hour, she was overtaken by a fever and left this world. In you, O Elizabeth, was carefully preserved what is according to the image. For you took up the cross and followed Christ. By doing so, you taught us to disregard the flesh, for it passes away, but to care for, instead, the soul, since it is immortal. Therefore, O blessed Elizabeth, your spirit rejoices with the angels. If you would like to know more about St. Elizabeth, I would point you towards the book Byzantine Saints, Lives in Translation, published by Dumbarton Oaks. My name is Bill, and this has been your daily dose of Agios. St. Elizabeth, wonder worker and dragon slayer of Constantinople, pray for us.